1: hello everyone my name is taylor and i'm kelly and we are the co-hosts of jumping bomb audio the podcast all about joshi pro wrestling here on the voices of wrestling podcast network every other monday we are with you talking about the biggest news in joshi along with show reviews previews and much much more
2: So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
3: Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Sunday the 18th of June, 2023. This is episode 263 and we are megastars now in yeah. Canada. Yes, <laughs> finally.
2: <laughs> My dreams come true. Uh, yes, we did nice a nice little uh, spot on TSN radio that will be... Uh, I, we're, we're putting it at the end of our show, right? And, and then in, it'll be broadcasted. I don't, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Joel, maybe you know. I, all I know is Joel said, "Be here at ten and uh, click this link and talk about wrestling."
3: Uh, yes, it's uh, Saturday night's main event with our uh, good friend Boris over there, who uh, very kindly invited us onto his show. Um, I had to bite my tongue and, and withhold all my. Anti AEW, buy all that. Filling <laughs> up. I'm going to save it for here. You're going to get all that now. But uh, in that radio segment, I was uh, a little bit more diplomatic.
2: Yes, Yeah. So We knew we were at a uh, we were on a national audience, and we needed to make sure that uh, we minded our P's and Q's. Number one, uh, and then two. Of course, uh, we did not want to. I don't bash anyone too hard, but I mean a little bit. We had a, we had a little our little digs, but uh, I think we did well. So uh, yes, international broadcasting superstars,
3: Damon and Joel. There we go, and also a happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Uh, who is the best New Japan dad, Damon? Like in strictly dad terms, dad terms. If you had to pick one of the guys to be. Your dad for a day? <laughs> Who are you no. picking? Uh,
2: boy. Uh, who's my daddy? Is what you're trying to ask? Is that was? Is that what we're asking here right now today? Uh, I would say, and this is only because, not only because, but because, uh, way back when Shinsuke Nakamura against Yuji Nagata was kind of like build as Nagata's last chance, um. And they did this little video with him and his kids and his wife. And it was lovely. Uh, so uh, that seems like a good pick to me. I'm going Yuji Nagata. Uh,
3: I have always got the same answer, and it's Goto, who I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but he's always uploading. There's always such wholesome content with him and his family. And I know I've spoken to wrestlers within the company who say that he is just the most dedicated husband and father and like, quite honestly, David, a guy who I take a lot of inspiration from to to try and make myself a better husband and a better dad. So, um, yeah, Hiroki Goto, you are the man—not um, just tag team champion, but a, a
2: dad champion as well. Do you uh, subscribe to his methods of failure in in championship matches? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wonder. Did, you know, does he do that for dad stuff as well? Like, if he's, I'm, I'm trying to think of an equivalent where I can. <laughs> Roll out the standing on the waterfall gag (laughs) to cleanse himself. He's now the,
2: he's now the, uh, uh, yeah, he has to get a sensei for diaper changing and stuff. (laughs) He's like, I just can't get it down. What, what, wipe first? Why why
1: would I do
3: that? (laughs) Uh, coming into the the custody battle lawsuit in the courtroom with all the Japanese scripture written over his chest. (laughs) (laughs) I've done this. There's no way, (laughs) though. Yeah. See, now this is the quality
2: content TSN, they, they want. They want this. <laughs> I know, we didn't get any wanking jokes in the, no, the segment there. No, we could yeah, not. Sure. We could have. We, this is, uh, we, we are uh, on strict, not FCC. We have the FCC here in the States, but I don't know what it is in Canada. But yeah, we would be, we would be banned uh, from
3: the radio. Well, uh, we are not going to be talking that much today because there's not really a huge amount to discuss so there was uh, a show today a new japan road road too strong which was also billed as the blue justice 12 there was a, a big yuji nagata thing going on i i don't know if it was his anniversary or birthday it. i don't know what it was <laughs> it's, 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 oh, so I just picked the best dad to do it yeah. um, but just a few little tidbits from the recent shows uh, keep an eye out, and I know, I know I've been talking about him for weeks, but Kosei Fujita, we know now he's no officially no longer a young line. He is uh, part of TMDK, and he's being, but I wouldn't say particularly strongly, but he did get a pin over, was it Gedo a couple yeah. of weeks ago? And he's he is getting in more offense in these matches. He looked pretty strong against Watto. He was, had a timely withdrawal with Oiwa today, but that's something to keep an eye on. Fujita, because now that he is no longer a young line, just look for those little breadcrumbs that show in his ascension up the card. Uh, Alex Coglin, he's got a new entrance where he stands um, behind a screen and then it shows the silhouette of his enormous muscles. And he's now calling himself the Deadeye Dreadnought. War Dogs just looking really great. Both um, the Dan Maloney and Clark Connors junior tag team and the Gabe Kids Alex Coglin pair they have been some of the highlights of the shows, and I'm really excited about the Independence Day shows coming up to see uh, what they can do in competitive title matches. Uh, Shota Umino and Ren Narita were on the same side today, but they were they were beefing. They were going at each other afterwards, Aww. because I believe they're facing each other on day one of the Grade 1 Climax, so keep an eye on that. And interesting that Yota, Suji, and Sanada are still in a bit because obviously they had their match at dominion they are in the same g1 block and we know that new japan like to have these um trilogies within a calendar year i would not be surprised if we see obviously we're going to see sanada versus suji 2 in their g1 block but i wouldn't be shocked if we get it again at some point before the year is up so keep an eye on that one and uh um, main event was quite fun today it was like the the new japan dad's uh, plus Watto against uh, the best of all Japan. So there's Wato, Watto, Kojima, Tanahashi, and Nagata against Yuma Anzai, both the Aoyagi's, Atsuki and Yuma, and Kento Miyahara. So that one was a lot of fun. Um, it enhanced my enjoyment re-listening to Paul, who who joined us last week from Emerald Flow Show and gave us some insight on all those all-Japan guys. So that was a pretty fun main event. You know, we, the, the guys that we wouldn't normally see on a New Japan show. Uh, so... I would say that's worth checking out just for the variety and seeing some of these these top stars of all Japan pricing. But that's about it as far as the New Japan shows this week. Nothing that I would say is must watch, but kinda of show if you've got on in the background, there's some always some satisfying little nuggets you can take away there. I wish there was something that could be done where
2: I'm not saying that New Japan buys any promotion. Um, uh, I know everyone gets a lump in their throat when Anyone even thinks of something like that, but, you know, pro wrestling landscape has changed tremendously, um, and they are valuable or could be valuable cogs in the wheel when it comes to, um, spicing up cards and just having instant, um, dream matches at your disposal. Like there's, I, I, Look, w- w- phrase it however you want, whether it's a working agreement or a partnership or whatever. I really feel like this is something where New Japan can possibly, possibly uh, purchase a another pro wrestling company in Japan.
3: I would not be surprised if we see that by the end of the year. What do you think of that? That is quite a hot take. I was going to piggyback off that with an interesting question from our Discord. So this is from Gig who says, do you think that Abima and Noah being owned by the same parent company, Bushiroad, frequently doing business with Abima and New Japan airing on Abima Plus TV? Asahi owning both a little bit of Abima and New Japan makes them poaching Kaito Kiyomi a little less likely or have no effect. The proverbial, not shitting where you eat. And uh, Andrew jumped in with the point that TV, Asahi, and Cyber Agent have an extremely close partnership. So if we're looking at reasons why New Japan and NOAA are working together so closely, that sort of TV uh, broadcast station political situation could be the, the root cause of it. I mean, of course, there was the stuff. that um, uh, What's the guy's name? Um, who's the president, the chairman dude now? Not no Haramay. Abari, that's it. Yeah, Abari was talking about, you know, trying to uh, boost the partnerships to uh, improve excitement and progress in general. But yeah, I think that's a, an underrated point about the partnerships with the, the TV stations and the companies and stuff there. So uh, yeah, definitely something to consider and something that often gets lost on us as the Western viewers about all this sort of backstage politics with the, the TV stations. Yeah, and that's huge when it comes to, you know, major pro wrestling.
2: Um, that, that's a big deal. And sometimes I think that partnership or those, like, I'll call them mini, uh, mini relationships, um, you know, they have their toes in this and they have their hands in this and they have, and everybody's kind of in that same pot with uh, various degrees. I think sometimes that makes it harder to really commit to a full, okay, we're bringing in these guys in, um, just because everybody wants that piece of pie. So okay, so if we do this, what do I get? Um that's really what it comes down to. Um so yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting year. I, I really do. Uh and I think I think I think we will. So, we'll see. Let's 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 leave it at that. I don't want to put any
3: pastrami sandwiches out there uh, inadvertently, Joel. <laughs> um so all there is to talk about, really, this week is uh, Forbidden Door. Now, we've only got half the card. I'm assuming the rest of it we are going to get at some point after Dynamite next week. <laughs> They're going to um, ring the bell. Been- <laughs> You're going to hear theme. It's going to be like the Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> a mystery vortex card. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, like we're at the point with Forbidden Door where we have got two extremely strong headline matches, so strong that the rest of the card... I don't think really matters. And more to the point, last year, of course, there were a ton of injuries, but the card looked like shit, quite frankly. But the the crowd and the energy and the, the work rate of everyone involved, you know, they were basically out to prove a point. Having seen, you know, all the, the naysayers and the doubters, people like me saying, oh, this, <laughs> this card looks rubbish. But it was a, an absolutely killer show. So last year was so good that I've got that buy-in now where I think, Mm. you know, I don't care who is on the rest of the card. It's going to be great. Like, you know, last year, I think my favorite match was probably that Despy and Kanemaru against Lee and Swerve match, which no one was expecting. That wasn't something I was circling being like, yeah, this is going to kick ass. But it was brilliant. And and all the matches were really good. I don't think there were many that I was like, oh, well, you know, this completely shit the bed. So I have faith in both rosters that whatever is on the undercard is going to be a lot of fun. And even if it isn't, we've got two incredible dream matches to top it off. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think I think the safe bet is we'll see a lot of six man tags filling out the card, getting people on the show, shoehorning in as many people to get a paycheck. That's that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, When you have, you know, a lot of and dare I say, dream matches. I mean, just 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 think of the top two let not let alone let alone like Tanahashi and 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 uh MJF. Um there's I, 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 look if I were to tell you uh you're gonna see Okada and you're gonna see uh Brian Danielson and you're gonna see uh Will Ospreay going against Kenny Omega. I mean, they could have those two matches, and I don't give a shit <laughs> what else they have on the card. I, I wouldn't. Why would you? Who would? Um, I mean, everything, the way I see it is, though, everything else is just, you know, icing on the cake. They're, they're, and we have a delicious fucking cake to uh, dine on. Uh, but now everything else would just be frosting. That's not to say they can't be creative that's not to say that you know we're just going to hand wave you know an hour and a half of your time but if they did nothing else they could put a fucking royal rumble in there and i joke but i wouldn't care i really would not care um knowing that those two three matches are right around the corner and those are the matches i think people are paying money for
3: what do you think the main event's gonna be?
2: Kenny and Kenny and Will.
3: I think so. Do you think do you think that is an issue having the US title above the world title?
2: I mean, honestly, no. I, I really don't. I, I think you know, like the idea that the world championship should close out the show is kinda I don't know where that necessarily came from. I mean, I know that I, and I, and you know what i'm going to take that back in the sense of it on a big show on on a japanese stage yes i would say the majority the vast majority of the time your your heavyweight championship matches on to close the show but in the united states i mean they did it all the time like all the time like there's always those stories of you know Double shots, you know they're they're wrestling in the afternoon in Baltimore, and then they got to jump in the car. whoop, the Philly, they go uh, for the night one. Um then it's, it's it and and to be able to do that, they have to put the championship match before intermission. So um, you know, I, and again, I'm going back in time here, but you know, Flair did it, Backlund did it, and I know it's a different time, and I know I'm the old man here, but I nah, I don't see the look. Let's let's put it this way. In your eyes, what's the main event?
3: Uh, yeah, Osprey versus Omega. Right. But having said that, if they do headline with MJF versus Tanahashi, it's a bit of me. That's going to be annoyed. Be like, oh yeah, you put your fucking world title as the main event, but not ours. <laughs> I I know, but but here I'm going to say this on a New Japan
2: Pro Wrestling podcast. It, this is an AEW show. Yes. Yeah, you are correct. Yes, right. it's an AEW show. Yeah. All right. So I mean, with all due respect. Uh, I mean, you know, look, we're just lucky to get out of there with our belts. <laughs> you know, we're lucky to get out of there with our U.S. title and our uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship intact. Uh, everything else. Yeah, until great. until Jack Perry
3: starts shooting on Sonata, like, <laughs> locks in a, a, a tight inside cradle. One, two, three, seven minutes into the match and runs off with our belt. Yeah. Yeah, the Chicago
2: screw job is in effect. Or the Toronto screw job, Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, I was looking at going. Obviously, I'm not. Uh, just was too much of a headache. But look, it's it's going to be a fun show. And the idea of some of these matches being live and spending a Sunday watching, I, I can't ask for anything more. You know, every every look. Everybody knows the political matches. Everybody knows the matches where, of course, this guy's going to beat this guy because you know, and of course, this guy's wrestling this guy because that guy can easily, you know, look at the lights. Um, That being said, look if you're if you're a fantasy booking kind of person, um, and why would you be? But (laughs) but uh, if you're a fantasy booking kind of guy or gal, uh. This is this is some juicy fucking stuff. Juicy stuff. And they got Kevin Kelly.
3: Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, let's touch on that because Kevin is now doing commentary for the new AEW weekly show, Collision. Uh, he says he will be doing that unless he has New Japan commitments, in which case there will be someone filling in for him. We don't know who that is. Uh, but Eric writes in and says, let's say as an intellectual exercise, Kevin is exclusive to AW's new show, which is not, but just as an intellectual exercise. Chris and Gino are great, but would they need a play-by-play guy? And if so, who? Um, I would go for Ian Riccoboni. I really like Ian. I think he's terrific. And he would be the guy that I would be calling if Kevin decides to call it a day with New Japan, which, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen, but he would be my, my next pick for sure.
2: Yep. I, I think that's exactly where I would go. Yeah, they would need a a a person to do a little bit of, of, of that heavy lifting. I think Gino and I think Chris provide a role and a service, but like to overextend that, that might be asking a lot. That being said, um, AEW, I mean, they locked up a stud <laughs> behind the microphone. I mean, uh, uh, look, you, you, you could say what you want about Excalibur, but I think, Given the circumstances, he's carrying a ton of those guys who barely watch the fucking product, let alone uh, are able to provide uh, play-by-play or you know call a match or what have you, um, and and be able to plug shit and and do all the things that you need to do as a live broadcaster. Uh, man, they got they got themselves <laughs> they got themselves I, 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 like like who else? uh is, is even in the running. Like like they're winning best announcers of the, of the year consistently. Like AEW will just 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 mail them the award. It's just, I don't know anyone else that's on their level that could that could compete like that.
3: Okay, well, let's look at some of the matches. I'm not going to repeat the things that we said on our uh, TSN appearance, but uh, we have the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship with Sanada defending against Jack Perry. Um, let's call it what it is. This is not a sexy matchup, which is ironic, really, considering how handsome both of these gentlemen are. Uh, the AW fans and the Western New Japan fans have greeted it with a, a mixture of um, indifference and derision, which... I always thought was going to be the case because the crossover of Western Sanada enjoyers and AEW midcard enjoyers is a Venn (laughs) diagram slimmer than Perry's chances of winning this match. Um, I mean, I tried to have a look and see how the Japanese New Japan fans were receiving it. It appears to be mild curiosity, but we've got to be honest and say that there aren't too many people excited about this match and look I understand why it's booked Tony Khan doesn't want one of his top guys eating a pin to Sanada who you know let's be clear he's 100% winning this match and Perry is not exactly a jobber he's one of their pillars for whatever that's worth he was challenging for their world title last month so I don't think this is some kind of colossal mismatch it's just not a match that many people were clamoring for. Now, that's not to say it won't be good. We've got two good-looking guys, not the NOAA faction, but um, you know, two handsome guys who are hopefully going to be working their socks off to win over the doubters on both sides. And like I said, the whole vibe of Forbidden Door last year was weird matches on paper that ended up over-delivering because of the atmosphere and the whole vibe from top to bottom of both rosters wanting to put on a great show and silence the doubters. So I think it would be foolish to hand-wave this from a quality aspect, I think it would be good. My only real complaint, Damon, is the way that the match was booked in in the kayfabe sense, because you'd think, or you'd hope, that the IWGP World Champion throwing out an open challenge for one of the biggest shows of the year would have generated a bit more buzz among the AEW locker room. Like, it would have been nice to have a, a Battle Royal or a qualifying match, or at the very least, like a backstage segment with more than one wrestler expressing interest in going after the top prize in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So the way it played out with Perry... Basically being the only person to react and do so in a fairly unenthusiastic, oh, well, I guess I'll do this then manner, uh, in my opinion, made the title seem like an afterthought and it feels like an unearned title shot. That's my only gripe with it. Like The match will be fine. And to be honest, I wasn't even expecting a title defence here. Forbidden Door 2 was never about getting a dream match for Sanada whatever that might be. And Moreover, I think it's smart to put the IWGP world title on Sonata in the first place to give them more flexibility in booking the actual dream matches for Forbidden Door. Like Okada and Osprey are the guys earmarked for the dream matches and I think either of them holding the IWGP world title would have complicated that and, and compromised that. So, Forbidden Door is not about dream title matches. The titles aren't really important here. And actually, I'll go so far as to say they're an active hindrance to getting those dream matches. Mm -hmm. So so now that actually getting a singles match and a title defense, that's a bonus. I I wasn't even sure he was going to be on the show. He isn't heavily promoted for the US strong events for New Japan. I thought we might get like a multi-man tag match with just five guys against... I don't know, Jericho Appreciation Society or, or something similar. So I think I've actually taught myself into acknowledging that Sonata versus Perry is probably the best we could have expected in terms of the book in politics. And at, at the end of the day, when we've got Okada versus Danielson and Omega versus Osprey 2, like you said, David, the rest of the card is just gilding the lily.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's here. Here's what I will say. I agree with you 100% when uh you say you know looking on paper last year we we you know had a lot of changes going into that show boy did we ever uh and yet the stuff on paper that maybe we were kind of side-eyeing uh turned out to be pretty great i mean everything up and down the show was was pretty great uh i think you'll see the same thing happen here and truth be told if I'm worried about anything in this match, if I'm worried about anything in this match, I'm worried about Sonata more than I'm worried about Jungle Boy. Like, Jungle Boy is going to do everything he can to make it, you know, as as entertaining and enjoyable and as New Japan-centric, and I put that in air quotes, as he possibly can. Why? Well, you know, if if he raises some eyebrows in the back and oh, you know, who's to say that doesn't equate into a few Japan tours or you know, just gaining the trust of new Japan brass to, to have some you know extra work. I know AEW has 900 shows now, but um, I mean, that's always in the back of people's mind: is okay, it's another opportunity for more money. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's how he's thinking of it. Sonata, on the other hand, again, let, let's see. Um, I I I don't know what Sonata is going to show up. Uh, I'm hopeful that we have the current version and he doesn't regress back into it's a night off and vacation. And uh, I'm going to go hang out with uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner <laughs> in Toronto. Got to throw in my Maple Leafs plug. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think this is a definite Sonata win. I would be, at, at, here's, here's what this match is to me. This is a match where Sonata is, trust me, a background player and they're trying to a- advance a, an AEW storyline with, uh, Jungle Boy supposedly maybe turning heel. So we'll see. But I think that's—you'll leave that match not even knowing that he wrestled Sonata. (laughs) Let's put it that way. It'll be about some type of post-match angle. I think we'll we'll see.
3: Yeah, agreed. Uh, We also have the AW World Championship with the champion MJF defend or or MJD as Tanahashi's (laughs) been calling him. Tanahashi keeps getting his name wrong in the uh, Japan Pros, which is a lot of fun uh, against Hiroshi Tanahashi. So. Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to regurgitate everything that I said on uh, the the interview we did with Boris, but um, I I will say that (laughs) Ghetto, you know, he thank his lucky stars, he's got someone like Tanahashi that he can just uh, trot out for these sort of easy defences because uh, once Tanahashi's not able to do this anymore, then, yeah, a a little bit more thought is going to have to go into this because, um, yeah, I said to you a few months ago that it's going to be Tanahashi and you balked at that you were not happy with that have you changed your tune on this uh i don't like it and and i and and again the only reason is
2: is the fact that yeah once again it's 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 hiroshi tanahashi uh being the guy that you know there's only so much teflon the guy has on his chest um look he's not I, i can't imagine him winning a title but I can imagine a run-in. I can imagine something fucking something up. Uh I can also imagine Tanahashi taking a pin. Um, I mean I would say it's more, more than likely that Tanahashi will be taking a pin. And the and and the idea of him being that guy that can do that consistently. Yeah. It's I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm more upset of it being in my mind, one of those, another touch point that you can turn to, to say, okay, I mean, they're going to try to take away that spotlight from Hiroshi Tanahashi. And that just means that, you know, we're getting old and we're moving on and all that stuff. So, um,
3: yeah, I mean,
2: I think, I think it's safe to say Tanahashi's looking at the lights.
3: Uh, yeah, as I said earlier, I mean, I think that, that damage was done when he got pinned by Chase Owens after like seven minutes in the, right. the G1 last year or, or the year before. I can't even remember when it was. But uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, we also have the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match with Kenny Omega in his second defense. <laughs> yes, defense number two. Yeah. Fucking January uh, against the challenger, Will Ospreay. Uh, this, I, I'm finding it really hard to pick because I think this is connected to whatever happens in the special singles match between Danielson and Okada, because I do not think that two New Japan guys are going over in these matches. Uh, so I know you talked about it on our TSN segment about perhaps stretching this out to a trilogy. So I would not be surprised if there is a draw here. Yeah, is that crazy? No, not
2: at all not at all. Um I mean on paper you would think that Kenny taking the title and you know finally getting the US title back in a new Japan pro wrestling wrestler's hand is is the obvious way to go and I still think that will be the way to go but uh I mean Right now, and again, I'm not a hardcore AEW guy watching the product religiously, but I do know that there is a feud brewing with Don Callis and Kenny Omega, and uh, I would not be surprised if we see some involvement there. Now, I I know that we said this is an AEW show. This is an AEW show, but right now, all, you know, so far in just about every matches, I'm 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 leaving the door open, the forbidden door open to non-clean finishes. I I think I think we're going to see more than than we're comfortable with. Um, now, some of that might be to to pro, you know continue a storyline, continue a feud, uh, re-energize a feud, whatever. I just, I, I don't think it's cut and dry that all these matches are going to end in a decisive winner and or loser. I just don't. Um, and, and, and I would put a time limit draw absolutely on the table. I think that is on the table. Um, and I would not be surprised if that were the case.
3: Yeah, because the thing is, if it's not Will Ospreay to win the US title from Kenny Omega, then who does? Who else could you pick from the New Japan roster who could get a win over Kenny Omega to bring that title home? Like it, It's got to be Ospreay at some point. And I think Wembley looming in the horizon is the one reason that makes me think we don't get the Osprey win here because I think saving that for Wembley Stadium would be a cool moment. Oh, yeah. So... Um, I think that is probably the play, but I mean, in terms of match quality, it's going to be a match of the year Canada. I have no doubt about that. The first one at Kingdom was spectacular. I expect this one to continue that story. So, you know, we're going to get spectacular shit in the ring. And also I thought the, the narrative aspect of it with Omega just basically beating the absolute piss out of Osprey. Uh, was very absorbing as well and we're gonna see a continuation of that and you know Osprey hopefully firing back and, and getting some more hope spots in the match. Um and the story for Will Ospreay is there. Like if he signs on the dotted line with New Japan then he could win this either here or at Wembley, he could win the G1, go through Okada on the way, he could win the title at Wrestle Kingdom, but that's a, a big if because I really think there's a strong possibility of Ospreay leaving for aw at some point next year when when his contract is up because aussie open have done it and you know he's got his boys there then i could very easily see that happening and i think something to keep an eye on which i think is a, a new japan booking fail safe is great okan being in the same block as will osprey because pretty much unilaterally they have separated the the, the stable base the, the fellow faction members into different blocks um, there are a couple of exceptions. Evil and David Finlay being in the same block is one, and that's got like a massive red lights flashing on it because that's a big main event. Um, uh, so I would expect something to happen there. And they could have easily put Great O'Khan in a block to keep him away from Osprey, away from Hinari, away from Jeff Cobb, um, and that would have fit the, the, the um, you know the theme of a block of all these sort of young guns. But they didn't. They put Great O'Khan in the same block as Will Osprey. Why have they done that? You know, maybe. I'm putting more thought into it than they have, but part of me thinks Great Khan's getting a win there. And if Osprey decides to leave, then they are pulling the trigger on that as some some kind of uh, United Empire leadership change angle. Where Great Okaan is like, "Well, I beat you in the G1," and blah blah blah. They they can use that as the sort of the, the, the spark point to have something happening there. So those are my big question marks around this match. It's the long term future of Will Osprey.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no coincidence that, you know, we talked about this on a previous show where the reliance on Western talent being brought in and putting stock on them and then having them go elsewhere is always going to be a challenge for them. It, 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 it is. Um, <sighs> I mean, look, I don't know the percentages of Will going full-time AEW. And and here's the thing. There still is that partnership. So it could be uh, a, a more seamless um, transition. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. But, you know, the idea of him being full-time AEW does not limit the fact that he, you know, can still wrestle on New Japan shows and cards. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that New Japan knows this and they build stars and they've built stars quickly. Right? This, this we'll call it the graduating class, really uh, is being groomed to be the stars of the promotion sooner than later. So, you know, that's a fail-safe too. I mean, they... they New Japan is the best in the world at doing that because they have to be, <laughs> right? They have to be the best in the world because they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. Um. Anyway, uh, Will and Kenny is going to be great. It's going to be fucking great. But, um... Yeah, I think everything's on the table here. I, I lean heavily toward Will taking the title, but uh, I also can absolutely see some kind of thing where you have to have round three, um, a homecoming for Will Ospreay. Wembley Stadium, 70,000. <laughs> How many it is? I don't know. Is it 70,000?
3: Probably, right? Wembley? Um- the capacity is like closer to 90. I mean, wow. I don't know how many tickets are sold at this point though. Mm. Uh, and also, I mean, that that's for football events. Like once they've got the, the stage and the screen in there and all that, then probably less than that. Yeah. But you have the floor seating that you wouldn't have available, you
2: know, if, if they were true, if, you true. know, so, you know, I guess that kind of balances out. I mean, give me another money pro wrestling match that, would satisfy the audience at Wembley Stadium um and be significant enough for the, the audience at Wembley Stadium. The only other one I could possibly think of would
3: be Punk and Kenny. Um unless they run back Punk and MJF. Yeah. But I think oh, is that is, is that big enough for Wembley Stadium? I
2: don't I mean, I don't think to to headline but I think the curiosity of these two guys actually going the blows backstage, blah, 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 that possibly could. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm, you know, kind of silly with that. Um, I think Will and Kenny are, are the is the option unless you do like Okada Omega again. Would you do that again?
3: I, the, the, yeah, it, that did pop into my head actually when you were mentioning alternatives. Um, I could definitely see that, uh, but again, is that just a special singles match? Like, a, is this a timeline where Osprey has already won back the US title, and then at Wembley, it's just Okada Omega's special singles match? Because I mean, yeah, I could see that. That could definitely happen. Right. I mean, I mean, that's a big building. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's going to be a ton of people. This is a, that is a major fucking show. Uh they got to put something special on top. So again, we're fantasy booking, but okay.
3: Uh where else you want to go here? Uh well, yeah, we've got the special singles match with Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada, and I think they're missing a trick if they don't have Okada doing some sort of Mr. Miyagi Danielson uh, <laughs> gag in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, um, right. wait, wait, wait. wait! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. There you go. (laughs) Yay! Um, Actually, one thing I forgot to mention, that uh, I'm I'm really selling New Japan short here when we discussed MGF versus Tanahashi and why Tanahashi cannot lose under any circumstances and why Okada cannot lose under any circumstances. They are uh, two-thirds of the never-open-weight six-man championship Right, Got to protect that. Yes, my bad. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I... I mean, what are your expectations going into Okada Danielson? Because I, I can't remember who it was. Someone wrote in last week or the week before saying that it's happened five years too late. Yeah, maybe these guys are not at their physical prime, but in terms of interesting character development, I think we have reached the apex here with uh, you know Black Trunks prick Okada and angry bearded Danielson. You know, this is a completely different guy to his WWE form. And I think the wrestling is going to be great. I mean, we, we know this, but I am all in in a way sort of low-key more excited about the sort of character dynamics between these two guys because there's going to be a lot of sort of grumpy veteran energy in this match. Um, yeah, what are your expectations going into it? Pretty high. I mean, pretty high. I, yes, I, I,
2: while I would agree this is not five years ago or seven years ago or even ten years ago. That being said, I look. I'll take a banged up Okada and a banged up Ryan Danielson any day of the week, because uh, and even they've said it in various ways. But you know, once the music hits and you go through the curtain, you know, you you're you're Superman. You're a superhero, Um, and they get that, and and they're able to to push themselves for that. They, I I I don't think. That either guy is thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe we take it easy (laughs) by no stretch. Like this is a dream match, I would say, for both of those guys, you know, if if actual pro wrestlers have dream matches, I don't think that they are blind to the significance of this uh, for pro wrestling fans. You're going to get you know, what are we holding there? 15,000, 16,000 raving pro-wrestling maniacs. Like, I don't think you're going to have a ton of casual fans. I really don't. Like, this is a show that people will travel for. And this is a show that people who are solid pro-wrestling fans are going to be into. So I think just that energy in the building of everybody knowing what's going on. You know, Dallas, while, you know, everybody can shit on the attendance, that crowd was maybe the the greatest pro wrestling crowd I've ever been around in the sense of they got it. And the fact that they stood for five minutes applauding before they even locked up Okada and Tanahashi in a G1 match on US soil. Like that's mind blowing to a lot of people. And a lot of those people would never have an opportunity to see that. So to have that, you know, all those elements in there, the wrestlers themselves knowing the significance, a massive show, a buzzworthy show, uh, and fans that are salivating for this and have wanted this for, for, for years. Nah, I think this is, I, 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 I'm not even going to throw it out in the universe what I was going to say, but uh, I, I honestly think that there is no way this match will be a disappointment to anyone. I think. I think this will be this match and 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 Kenny and Will. Uh, boy, tell, again, tell me, tell, give me anything uh, underneath the, those two matches. I think are going to absolutely fucking roll.
3: Well, one match that was heavily hinted at on Dynamite, but not officially confirmed, was. Orange Cassidy against Zack Sabre Jr. Possibly with both of those titles on the line, is it the, I don't know what the AEW one is, the North Atlantic or Atlantic or (laughs) International, I don't know what it's called now, and uh, Zack's TV title. But that is one that I would be excited about, just for the character dynamics, if nothing else. like You could see Zack doing his gimmick where he gets all angry and shouty, uh, getting increasingly irate at Orange Cassidy shenanigans. And I think the wrestling would be really good as well. Like, I think we saw Orange Cassidy's style meshing really well with Osprey's high-intensity, high-flying style last year. And I'd be interested to see the hands-in-pocket stuff meshing with Zach's grappling submission-based style. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, Also raises interesting questions if, you know, we do have these two singles champions having a match together. Um, Is that one that you would like to see? Uh, You know, um,
2: I think for me personally, uh, again, on paper, probably not the matchup I would go with, but every time I say that, I'm pleasantly surprised by what the end result is with one of those big time uh, Orange Cassidy matches. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird dynamic. Can it work? Sure, it could work. Um I'm curious to see how they pull it off um they already are are if it, it, it feels like anyway like like orange Cassidy is somewhat being prepped for a little new Japan stuff feels like it possibly um I mean this is his second i would say pretty decent spotlight match right? I mean, last year he gets Will, this year he gets Zach, singles matches if if in fact they do this I mean, that's, I think that's pretty significant, don't you?
3: Uh, that's not something that popped up in my mind, to be honest I wasn't thinking future New Japan dates for this guy, no uh, although he did work the uh, Strong Show fairly recently, did he defend against Gay Kid, if I'm remembering that correctly? Mm, I believe so, yes I don't know. I just I
2: just find it amazing that he's getting he gets the opportunities, right? Of all the people in that roster, he gets these singles matches. You could very easily plop him in a multi man tag, right? Very easily. Yet two shows in a row, he gets a singles match against a pretty high profile New Japan guy. I think it's pretty significant. He
3: is, I think, one of the sort of underrated draws for AEW. i've not got the numbers at hand but when he is in segments on their dynamite show i think it does decent numbers so uh, i'm not surprised actually i think um he's a guy that is the, the butt of a lot of jokes and, and people hand wave him because of the silly gimmick but um you know for whatever reason people uh, do seem to be uh into him and and enjoy watching his wrestling. So uh, there you go. That could be another one. Uh, Here's one that is probably less likely. Uh, Lewis writes in and says, what match is truly the Forbidden Door? Is Kenta versus CM Punk looking likely for next year's Forbidden Door pay-per-view? Kenta's been very loudly uh, talking about this potential match, saying, give me the bag. You know, he wants the money. Uh, But nothing announced so far. Do you think... We're going to get Kenta versus Punk this year, uh, and if not, do you think we get CM Punk at all on this show?
2: Great question. Um, you would think that you would think he would be, it, that at the very least he would be there, right? Um, I mean, the guy buys a ticket to watch, you know, New Japan in uh, in what Long Beach was it? Was he was he spotted in the crowd? Um, I think. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? But then again, why wouldn't you announce it? Right? We, there's, you know, it's a week from today. This show, it's it's not. There's really not a lot of time to build. Well, I guess they got two shows to build. I mean, technically, they could. Uh, I doubt we'll see it though. I mean, that would be what the fifth singles match. That's that's a lot, right? That's a lot for any. Promotion, right? To have that many singles matches. So uh especially a, a a joint New Japan show. So uh I I would lean toward probably not.
3: And multiverse A says if the matches scheduled go as well as everyone hopes, could Forbidden Door go down as the greatest show in wrestling history? Wow. What show do you currently consider the best to ever occur?
2: I mean, look. There are plenty of shows that would be in that argument, not even just from a, a Japanese pro wrestling perspective, but uh, American pro wrestling as well. Um, what was the greatest, you know, I have a lot of nostalgia for like stuff like, I don't know, wrestle war 90 or, uh, you know, great American bashes or shit like that. Um I'm going let's 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 keep it to modern e-times, you know, 2000s and on. Uh When was the Houston WrestleMania? That always seems to get a uh, lot yeah, of love. Yeah, that's
3: 2001. I was going to say that one. Yeah, WrestleMania X7, so yeah. 2001. I would say that and Wrestle Kingdom 11 are right up there as t- probably two of my 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 top two favorite wrestling shows of all time.
2: Yeah, Levin's up there. Uh, <sighs> hmm. You know, I'm trying to think of like complete shows because obviously there are individual matches that, you know, I am, am completely in love with, love with. But I'm just thinking top to bottom show of just everything great. Um you know, not for nothing. There was probably an ECW show thrown in there somewhere that was probably one of the one of the best, right? Uh I don't know top to bottom. Even when I was there for G1, I don't know if top to bottom it was the greatest show I was ever at. Like the finals matches and the semifinal matches were pretty fucking awesome, but the best show top to bottom. Hmm. I don't know. I would have to ponder that, but I think I think that's a good start with what you got there. Oh, a uh, Super J Cup. How about the original Super J Cup?
0: Oh, uh, yes.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's that's number one for me. Definitely number one. The original Super J. And even the 90, what is it, 94, 95, they have another one. Um, both of those are fucking spectacular. So, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong there.
3: All right, well, that's all the Forbidden Door stuff. Just a, a little announcement here. Well, a question from Mark, says, can we all thank SpongeGuy for sponsoring the strong Korakwin shows and getting us Despi versus Moxley final death? So the tag match was confirmed for July 4th to be El Desperado teaming with Junkasai against Moxley and Homicide. And Mox has challenged Desby to a final death match on the July the 5th strong Korakwin show. So there's... There will be blood, David. <laughs> there will be
2: blood. Uh, look, not for nothing, it's, as I like to say, uh, it's going to make me tune, tune in, right? Whereas before, I probably would hand wave a show like that, right? Maybe catch uh, just the matches I needed to catch. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think they're going to deliver? And even the strong guys, I think, are going to work their fucking tails off because, once again, everybody's looking for work, and everybody wants to... The, do a little tour I'm sure put, put that check box next to their resume uh, yeah I mean that. that's going to be <laughs> those two matches are going to be silly they're going to be silly so yeah it looks like I'm watching pro wrestling on July 4th
3: alright well that's all for today do stick around uh, for our TSN segment with uh, Boris and the guys from a Saturday night main event before we finish, I just do want to quickly plug something, some absolutely disgusting behavior from our Discord. So oh, this no. This is a user, uh, Barry too, who uh, one of the Discord's resident film snobs, who uh, despises modern superhero films and has bet the Discord that if they give $250 to the Ali Forney Center for Homeless LGBTQ Youth, uh, he would watch The Flash in a theater and post the full review. Uh, The 500 and 750 tier is that he will watch it again via streaming and live blog it. The 1K tier is he gets the... uh, the lovely lady that he is dating to go to screening with him and should the discord reach 2.5k and or 5k he will approve a list of discord ideas for punishment that the discord will vote on to determine what suffering he must endure for the kid so we're currently at 388 us dollars all right uh, now regardless of whether or not you want to uh, put bariaga through absolute torture which he deserves because uh <laughs> he's uh, uh an absolute miscreant but um i mean even if you don't if you're not a part of the discords and uh, you have no interest in, in punishing this poor guy just donating anyway i mean it's a great cause to give to if you just go to www.alifornecentre.org forward slash donate uh just give some money send us a screenshot and we'll just throw it on the pile and uh, subject this guy to uh some more uh, the Flash-based torture. Uh, but yeah, a, a great cause, even if uh, you know, you're know you not part of the Discord. So please do give generously because uh, they have a very, very worthwhile cause there. So just wanted to plug that. Uh, before we get out of here, so com forward slash, uh, forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash car. So after you've given your donation to the Ali Forney Center, you can give a donation <laughs> to us as well. Uh, oh, yeah, you, you Discord link if you want to get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got the card out already just keep right, going go go. uh if you want to join the discord fun we've got a a pickhams competition going on for the g1 at the moment which should be a lot of fun uh you can get the link to that by sending me a direct message on twitter at cobra kawaii and pro wrestling forward slash super for our t-shirts big thank you to editor dan who you can find on twitter at lousy hero 219 um also donate some money so I can get some cough medicine for Esther. <laughs> she's had this cough like three months yeah, been now, a of weeks. Yeah,
2: you might want to check for emphysema. I don't know. All right. Thank God <laughs> she's Christ. moving away from that smog. She could fi- fi- finally breathe those young lungs of hers. That's right.
3: Oh, that's why we got to get out of this place, Damon. Jesus Christ! Uh, subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Uh, there may be a little collaboration in the pipelines. Uh, later next week uh, so we'll keep you posted on that uh, give oh, us that a five state review on itunes <laughs> <laughs> don't follow us on the twitter at the super jake our statement doesn't want it he doesn't want any kind of interaction oh. with, with anyone <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and goodbye And we're back here on
4: TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio Network, and we are chatting Forbidden Door. We are one week away from New Japan Pro Wrestling AEW here in Toronto as they collide, and for this segment, I thought it would be appropriate to bring in some experts to chat about the importance of New Japan Pro Wrestling here in North America, and I thought it would be no better to bring our friends from the Voices of Wrestling podcast, specifically from the Super Jcast podcast. Here we have Joel and Damon. Gentlemen, welcome to the show.
2: Our pleasure. It's just, uh, being beamed all over Canada brings joy to my heart. So uh, <laughs> being a, a massive Maple Leafs fan,
3: uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with the TSN crew. So uh, this, is a, this is a pleasure. Thank you very much for uh, having us on your show. I think uh, experts is probably quite a a generous way of referring to us, but uh, we're happy to be here all the same.
4: Excellent, excellent. And obviously, from the SNME Network, I have my tag team partner, Matt Edderer, here.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Boris. Always a pleasure to be on the Mothership, the main show, Sunday night's main event.
4: Excellent, so we are, like I mentioned, we are one week away from the Forbidden Door Pay-Per-View, and this is AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and one of the biggest complaints that I heard from last year was, New Japan Pro Wrestling, why do I care? Who are they? So, Joel, Damon, I was wondering, what does this matter from a New Japan Pro Wrestling perspective? Damon, why should I care?
2: Well, uh, for us, or uh, uh, well, speaking for me, uh, I've been watching this particular product, uh, gosh, since the '80s. Uh, so, um, back in the day, you would get videotapes and you would trade those VHS videotapes uh, to people all over the world. And uh, New Japan is is right now the largest. Uh, pro wrestling promotion in japan um back in the day it was you're all japan's and you knew japan's two different separate groups but uh for from a a pro wrestling perspective i mean i just personally find it to be uh the best pro wrestling in the world and it's worth traveling 12 mile or 12 miles i wish it were 12 miles uh 12 hours to to see um It's it's the most exciting. It's the most hard hitting, um, and for me personally, it's it's the most fun uh, that that you can find in pro wrestling. Excellent, excellent, Joel. So you know, just from
4: a New Japan fan perspective, does the crossover with AEW get you more interested in the AEW product?
3: I think in a lot of ways you could trace all this back to Wrestle Kingdom Eleven back in 2017, where We had that fantastic match between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada, which brought a lot of eyeballs, not only on New Japan Pro Wrestling, but also on Kenny Omega. And Of course, two years later, we see the genesis of All Elite Wrestling. So, in many ways, that sort of crossover between the very best of the Japan Pro Wrestling scene and the North American Pro Wrestling scene is, is where you've got this magic. And I think that is something that has been missing from New Japan since... AEW started in 2019. Obviously, there's been collaboration between the two companies, but this really is a chance to sort of revisit some of that magic from the late 2010s and tap into the excitement where we had the, the two fan bases united in in the buzz for these dream matches. And last year's event was really great. Like, Don't get me wrong, that was a, a fantastic show, but on paper, it didn't have the, the dream matches that a lot of fans were hoping for. This year touchwood you know it's, a week is a long time in wrestling we never know what's going to happen but it looks like we are going to get some of those matches that we were hoping for when the forbidden door concept first uh, became a reality
4: and that's exactly it we only have four matches confirmed in, in my opinion from the onset of this pay-per-view from the first two matches being announced, being Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada, this pay per view was must see. Matt, from a North American point of view, from an AEW fan perspective, because you here on the SNME Network are the host of AEW 3D, does this pay per view whet your appetite? Oh yes, yes. My appetite
1: is soaking wet. I know it's w h e t, but yeah, I feel like that's the metaphor. Um, yeah, man. No, I am super pumped for this. If I was going live, I would say for sure my my uh, most excited. I would be most excited to see Okada versus uh, Danielson. But I think, uh, I I don't know, man. Like, there's something about this pay per view that feels significantly more special than it did last year. Not that last year was not. Spectacular and fantastic! Once we actually watched the show, one of the best shows I've ever seen, honest to God. But the build, there was something missing from it. There is nothing missing from this build, so I feel like this is a highlight, not a
4: detriment to AEW programming. And that's exactly right. Like, like, let's remember that last year there were so many injuries around this time for AEW, and you know, I, I just think that you know the turnover because this was a quick turnover for AEW of three four weeks and they just didn't they weren't able to capitalize but already this year like i mentioned we have four matches and they are all must watch so from a new japan perspective as a new japan fan are you going to be tuning in live damon
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, oh, you know what? I take that back. (laughs) 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 Only because I do have a prior commitment uh, when it comes to uh, a favorite band of ours that are rolling through. But um, I will be glued to my phone probably the whole show, uh, and then I'll be watching it as soon as I get home. So, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I I guess as a pro wrestling fan, these are the kind of matchups that – people have been salivating and and dreaming of for, for years. And when this partnership came uh, to be, it's, you know, pro wrestling fans dream come true in, in a lot of cases.
4: That's exactly it. So, Joel, from a New Japan pro wrestling fan perspective, is this partnership living up to what you thought it would be?
3: I think a lot of New Japan fans are feeling that there's a bit of a power imbalance. It feels like... AEW uh, holding most of the cards. And I've heard a little bit of grumbling from the New Japan fan side that, you know, when we have these sorts of things, it's always AEW guys who are coming out on top. And, you know, just looking at stuff like the booking of the current uh, IWGP US champion, Kenny Omega, who's won that title on January 4th and has defended it once between <laughs> since then. So just little things like that uh, I've seen complaints about. I mean, personally, I, I think it's it's fine. These are always a you're going to have these little political uh, discussions to be had. And we see New Japan doing it when they collaborate with other Japanese promotions. You know, when they're teaming up for, to do cross-promotional stuff with Noah or All Japan, they like to flex flex their muscles. That's just part of the game, isn't it? So I don't think it's something that is so off-putting that is, it, you know, making people hand wave for the partnership. But uh, it's interesting to talk about at the very least.
4: That's exactly it, right? because this kind of reminds me, and not that I personally watched it at that time, just because of my age and whatnot, but of the territory days, right? When you had those crossovers, who went over, who called the shots, who did, you know, who who was able to say, this is how we're going to book this show, and uh, to me, it's 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 very interesting in that sense. Uh, so, Matt, from a North American perspective, put yourself in the shoe of your Average AEW viewer, someone who, you know, flipped the channel on TSN and started watching AEW, would this card entice you to go out and watch more New Japan Pro Wrestling?
1: Well, I think they're doing a good job on AEW television of telling you how... Oh,
4: internet. ...important. And special it is. Fan wrestler Will well, Osprey Matt, in all The entire Matt. AEW
1: roster, right? Matt,
4: so, oh, goddamn. Can you, uh, we kind of lost you there. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah.
4: You want to rego? Okay, I'm are we good again? Just re, yeah, just, just, just go enter again. Okay. When you're ready. Well, the thing is,
1: they're doing. If I'm lagging so far behind, I keep talking and then I get your last message. Okay. Well, the thing is like TSN is doing an excellent job. The AEW program on TSN, they're doing an excellent job of actually educating us, the viewer, about New Japan. For example, the closing segment on the last Dynamite, fabulous segment. Will Ospreay, new Japan pro wrestling wrestler, he stood tall. He was the king and he basically dominated the entire AEW roster, at least Kenny Omega, and stood tall over the AEW pack, right? They're telling us over and over on Dynamite how special and important Okada versus Brian Danielson will be. Uh, We saw Hiroshi Tanahashi and Sonata on the last episode of Dynamite. We're getting Katsuyori Shibata. And Minoru Suzuki, at least on the next upcoming episode of Dynamite. So I think, I think, yes, I think they're doing a great job. Had I known nothing about New Japan, I would still be intrigued as as strictly an AEW viewer.
4: And that's exactly it, right? Like, and one of the complaints that I heard from last year, especially from friend of the show Chris Van Vliet, and we were just talking about this when we recorded his segment, and that's. Will Ospreay, let's remember last year when Will Ospreay showed up on the scene in New Japan Pro Wrestling, he was just there. When Okada showed up, we know that Okada is the king of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he just kind of showed up there. So what I'm really liking about this year's build is the fact that the New Japan Pro Wrestling guys are standing tall. You know, they are meant to matter. And as a regular fan... It makes me kind of uh, I'm gonna go on that you know that 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 internet on the tubes and, and and type in that Will Osprey character and see what else has he done so you know that's that to me that is the key here right so I'm really liking this build I'm really loving the fact that not only are we going to be getting this pay per view but we are getting those quote unquote dream matches that we have all. Wanted. So gentlemen, shall we go through the confirmed matches? And then let's uh let's fantasy book about what we could possibly see in one week's time here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, at Forbidden Door. All right. So, Alright, so let's start with MJF, the AEW champion, versus Hiroshi, Tanahashi, Joel. Who do you think is
3: going to go over? Well, I think this one's a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, I and Damon had this conversation on our podcast several months ago, and I moved the possibility of Tanahashi challenging MGS for this title because Hiroshi Tanahashi is a uniquely useful commodity in as much as he's still a big star with a lot of name value. And he's one of the faces of the company, and he can still just about put on a, a very, very good singles match. And he's absolutely Teflon as far as wins and losses goes. This is a man who's taken L's to mid-carders in New Japan. Guys like Chase Owens and Hinari in recent years. So MJF can pin him absolutely no problem. Nobody's going to lose sleep over that. And it makes sense for the story of Tanahashi being the guy to defend New Japan's honour in the face of MJF's disrespectful comments, calling them, you know, the shindy promotion. So hopefully Tanahashi gives him a few slaps for that. But, uh, you know, the clock is running down on the number of forbidden doors we can wheel out Tanahashi as, uh, you know, like a TV dinner equivalent of an AEW title challenger because, you know, he's laid down for Mox. He would have done for CM Punk last year had Punk not been injured. He's going to do it for MJF, 100% certain of that. But, uh, you know, I'm curious who the next guy could be for Forbidden Door 3 for, uh, you know, soft title defense there. Maybe someone like Tomohiro Ishii or Shingo Takagi would probably fit the bill. So uh, I think they absolutely whiffed on booking the correct match here, which... Obviously should have been MGF versus Great O'Kan, but uh, MGF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, I'll take it. I'm sure it's gonna be a really fun match and I'm expecting MGF to get a, a comfortable with it.
4: I'm loving that answer so much for the because like literally Matt here on like, you know, on the SNME network, we talk so often of, it should have been MJF versus Ishii, and I love the fact that Great O'Connor's name came up, because that's someone who, personally, just from a fan's perspective, I think uh, should have gotten this match, but as Joel mentioned, it's one of those things where, you know, MJF kind of talks so much uh, negativity about New Japan Pro Wrestling, that it just makes sense that it is the champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiroshi Tanahashi going up.
1: Thousand percent. And you know, MJF is a student of the game big time, right? So he talks, he talks that smack about New Japan, but he also knows enough about New Japan to be complimentary of the great Okan. Methinks maybe he's watching this show. Maybe he likes it a little more than he's letting on, or maybe he hates it and is just a New Japan or just a great Okan stan, which many of us are. How could you blame him? But yeah, no, I I think this is the safest decision. This and the IWGP heavyweight title, absolute no brainers. MJF will retain and I'm sure the next match we'll talk about the champs going to retain too.
4: And that's exactly it. We're going to move on to Sonata versus Jungle Boy with Sonata being the IWGP world heavyweight champion. Damon, who do you have on this match?
2: Well, uh, if you're going into this show looking for a title change in this match, I think you might be very disappointed. (laughs) Um, A a guy like Sonata um, for years has been the underachiever and the guy that you're not quite 100% sure he's giving 100%, um, but recently a new coat of paint, a new faction, um, and a title reign that's quite honestly been pretty entertaining is you know the norm now, which is refreshing for for a character like Sonata. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think this is one of those matches that the New Japan guy has to go over, and he, and and he will go over. Um, I, I can't imagine Jungle Boy walking out uh, as IWGP Heavyweight Champion with uh, all due respect.
4: That's exactly it. So, Matt, let's uh, let's look at this from an AEW perspective. You and I talked about this on the BAM show, Boris and Matt Weekly here on the SNME Network. And we talked about the possibility of this being the catalyst for Jungle Boy finally going heel. Do you foresee that happening? Well, no. The catalyst, no, because I think that there's...
1: AEW stories generally take a long time to play out. I think there's much more meat on this bone. I don't think they're turning Jungle Boy yet. It will be part of the reason why he turns. It'll be part of that snowball effect. I think Luchasaurus winning the TNT title, winning a singles championship before the Jungle Boy, that's also part of the story, right? So uh, sadly, perhaps, no, I do think this will be a loss for Jungle Boy and furthering the story,
4: but it won't be the, the heel turn yet. All right, we're going to move on, and we're going to be talking about a dream match for some. And like I mentioned here on the BAM show here on the SNME Network, Brian Danielson's dream match. And I am so happy for the fact that he does have this match as he goes on to face Kazushka, Okada. Matt, who do you foresee going over on this match? Well, Brian Danielson, he's almost as Teflon
1: as Hironi, uh, Hironi, as Hiroshi Tanahashi, as our friend Joel just said. He's almost that Teflon. He takes a lot of losses, perhaps too many losses. So I think for sure Okada wins this match. I think that has to be the way it plays out, um, but I, it, that doesn't change the fact that this is going to be absolutely spectacular. I can't wait to see it,
4: but I'd be pretty shocked if Danielson won. I think Okada for sure wins. Joel do you, do, you, do you agree with that do you think that Okada is getting the W on this match
3: I think so with the Greg 1 climax just around the corner for New Japan I don't think New Japan would want one of their top stars taking a loss on a stage like this so I think looking ahead to the block that Okada's got ahead of him in the G1 where he's got Will Ospreay in that block that we're going to talk about in a moment I think we're looking at uh, an Okada win here um, but also, I don't think we could rule out the possibility of um, time limit draws, whether it's this match or the following match. Uh, if you want to stretch this out and make a, a program of it, you know, have rematches somewhere down the line, I wouldn't necessarily rule that one out too. But uh, guns to my head, I would say Okada gets the win. Here.
4: And that's exactly because we are going to move on to part two of probably a lot of people's match of the year from January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom. That is Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Damon, who is going to get the W here?
2: Well, uh, I, I would like to see Will take uh, the belt home and uh, finally get some defenses for it. It would be wonderful, uh, especially on uh, maybe some J- uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling specific shows. Um, I think, though, the big the biggest picture in this is the idea of two of the the, the best pro wrestlers in the world today um, meeting once again in a big spotlight show that, you know, quite possibly could build to even bigger things in the UK at Wembley Stadium. Um, so I don't know if there will be a clear cut winner. I, I think Osprey. If again, if we were going to put the Super J Cast branded gun to my head, <laughs> um, that would be uh, Will Osprey's to take. Um, but I think the big picture is a continuation of this. I, I don't think it ends here, and I think uh, this program still has legs. It's going to be one of the, the the best matches you'll see. If if this is the first time you're seeing uh, Will Osprey, or if this is the first time maybe you're seeing Kenny Omega um this is this is good stuff this is the good stuff that you'll see uh come this sunday
4: yep that's exactly it i am so excited so that those are the confirmed matches and let's move on to sort of not not fantasy book but book what we think is happening matt do you want to take that over and uh chat about what matches we are most likely to see here on this card Well, sure.
1: If we're just kind of paying attention to the uh, the build here, the AEW Dynamite program. So it really seems like Zack Sabre Jr. and Orange Cassidy for one or both of their respective championships. That is probably going to happen. It seems like Darby Allin, Sting, and Hiromu, they were supposed to team last year. Hiromu got COVID. I could easily see them doing something with the Jericho Appreciation Society, and perhaps Minoru Suzuki. They've been linked in the past, and they are wrestling on Dynamite. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Takeshita, though Takeshita isn't a New Japan wrestler. That feels like something that could happen on this show, perhaps each with a partner from New Japan. Um, Here's someone that I want to see, and I don't know if if Joel or Damon, you could suggest a good opponent for him stateside, but Yota Suji, I think, needs to be on this show and needs to have a strong showing in front of American fans. So who would you guys Put Yoda against?
2: That's a great question. Um, I mean, I would, I would, wouldn't want it to be. I I want it to be somebody who had a little bit of juice and a lot of. And speaking of juice, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, name recognition that would be the the most ideal situation. But uh, you know, you're looking at a guy like like Juice who could easily fill that role. And, and again, uh, being in Bullet Club. I, I feel like it's it's uh, a recipe for you. You're not going to lose any steam. So, yeah, why not? Let's do Juice Robinson. All right, Joel. So, question for you. You know, we've
4: been seeing the Bullet Club gold story happening here in AEW. We have the Bullet Club, I'm going to say proper, over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, what do you foresee Jay White doing at Forbidden Door? Well,
3: there's a lot of eyeballs on the... War Dogs iteration of Bullet Club as, as they're calling it in New Japan at the moment where we've got our new leader David Finley, and his new recruits uh, guys like Clark Connors and Alex Coglin and Gabe Kidd and Dan Maloney so it would be great to see some sort of tag interactions between those guys I mean I don't know if Jay White has four guys that he can team with against all of those but uh, I mean certainly I wouldn't look past something like Jay White and Juice Robinson versus David Finley and, I don't know, Gay Kids. I mean, Gay Kids my favorite out of that bunch, so I think it will be great to give him some spotlight and there'd be a lot of entertaining trash talk between them. And, yeah, that would be my pick: uh, Juice and Jay against uh, Finley and Gay Kids. I think that would be a really fun match. Yeah, and keep in mind that we've been waiting for a Bullet Club Civil War for
2: what feels like 400 years now, um, and, and we've had teases Throughout the past four hundred years, it feels like. Um, so hopefully, yeah. I mean, we can get that that, that party started, but uh, it might be something that's uh,
3: already fizzled out.
4: That's exactly. Am I, feel I like throw like in can... a, a? Sorry, I was just sorry. I say... just wanted
3: to throw in a, a, a dream opponent for. Um, you were mentioning a, an opponent for Yota Sugi. I think, given yes. Sugi's background and the excursion he did in CMLL. I think Andrade El Idolo would be a a really fun opponent for him. I think their styles would mesh really nicely and there could be some uh, quite spectacular stuff in there. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be a really fun match. That would be on my uh, low-key dream match wish list.
4: Yep. And and you bring up a, a great thing there, right? Because, you know, when I hear of Andrade, I just automatically think of the issues that New Japan Pro Wrestling has with triple a and the whole cmll thing so matt do you foresee that kind of like you know do you foresee someone like a naito actually being allowed on this show Well, I I actually don't
1: know enough about it, but I'll tell you this. I sure hope so. You know, it would be very interesting to see La Sombra uh, reunited with some of his New Japan opponents and uh, friends, you know? So I think that would be fabulous to see Tranquillo together at last again, Boris. But uh, I'm not sure about the legalities of all that. I did think Andrade looked amazing last night on aew collision quite uh quite an impressive performance and i'm ready to see him on forbidden door if if that is allowed
4: yep all right so damon you know we we've, we've thrown a lot of names we've thrown a lot of matches but out of everyone that we haven't talked about who do you want to see square off at forbidden door
2: Uh, great question uh you know for for me uh I always like pref- like the junior heavyweights. I'm a huge fan of the junior heavyweights. So uh, a guy like El Desperado or a guy like uh, I mean it's never gonna happen, but a guy like Robbie Eagles. Um, maybe even the, even a Leo Rush uh, that where it you know they can open a show with a banger. right and set the pace for the evening um i I think it'd be great you know as long as it's not like a rocky romero or uh uh you know delirious makes an appearance uh, i think we'll be okay but i think we'll see a lot of multi-man tags to to round out the card to to kind of shoehorn as many people as we can in on this show um but yeah i'd like to see some heavy junior representation
4: That's exactly it, and I think that's exactly what we're going to be seeing. We're going to be seeing a lot of tag team matches to kind of round out this card. Matt, let's talk about a Canadian right now, and it's funny because like a lot of people probably don't know the fact that he is Canadian, but let's talk about El Fantasmo for a second. Who do you think El Fantasmo is going to face at Forbidden Door? LP, man. Well, isn't he a Bullet Club exile, right? Like, could
1: he possibly show up as a as a New Japan representative of Jay White's new group, the Bullet Club Gold? Who knows? Uh, I, I would love to see him on this card. Good Canadian lad LP. I, I'm a huge fan of his work. Uh, yeah, I, I hope he finds his way on, his, on this card. But yeah, if so, it's going to be as a man in a, in a multi-man tag, I think.
4: Yep, that's exactly it. Uh, but you know, we gotta show some love to LP here. Uh Joel, same question for you in regards to out of everyone that we talked about, who do you foresee and what do you want to see in terms of a match?
3: I would love to see, and if we don't do this, what why would we even do it forbidden to in the first place? House of torture against House of Black. It right oh. itself, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> Loser leaves house on? match.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
4: I love that. All right, so let's 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 book the house match. If this is a house match, what and knowing that House of Black has the rules blah blah blah, Matt, what would you book? And now this is just fantasy booking. We're having fun at this point. What would you book as the special rule, the special gimmick for this match?
1: Hmm. Well, it's House of Black versus House of Torture. Uh, you are allowed to waterboard your opponent. No, well, that's probably <laughs> probably not going to go over well. Uh, uh, evil chair shots are all allowed, uh, but only if they are evil. You must have evil intentions to throw the chair shot. Uh, uh, I, I don't know that. That's that's a great that's a great one. I think my dream match, and I got to shout out. A friend of the show, Paul York Yorky, he suggested this, and I want it. Uh, what about Miro versus Ishii? We still haven't seen it. They were supposed to uh maybe interact in a fatal four-way match last year that Ishii got taken out of. I want to see big Miro versus big Tomohiro.
4: <laughs> Damon, how does that sound to you? Miro versus Ishii, two beefy guys right in yeah. the middle
2: of the ring just for you. No doubt. Yep. Uh I mean, that you could you could you could swap both guys and say, "Okay, give me Shingo and give me Keith Lee." Um really? You know, it, it, the, the, that's that's the beauty of these shows. Um, the idea of, oh, uh, what would it be like to have X versus Y? Um, and again, with the realization that this this is the first time that this might happen, or maybe many years on the indies, and nobody's really have uh, seen it in a spotlight match like this. So. That, that's the draw of this show is that is those type of possibilities, whether we get it or not. Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, I think we're pretty stacked with singles matches. New Japan usually doesn't give away a ton of singles matches. Um, they usually save them. Um, but this is a big show. So if it's going to happen, why not here? That's
4: exactly it. All right. Joel Damon from the Super J cast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on TSN Radio and the iHeart Radio Network to chat some Forbidden Door. And hopefully we can continue this partnership very much like AEW and your German Pro Wrestling. And I hope to have you guys back here on TSN Radio and the iHeart Radio Network very soon. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Perfect and done. All right. Okay. Um- well- an hour has already flown by, and it is time to bid farewell to this week's show. And just remember that if you go to snmeradio.com, you can find all of our shows, including recaps of all the major programs from the world of professional wrestling. You get opinions, you get everything, and then some. If you want to join the family, go to patreon.com slash snmeradio, and you can join the family for just $5 each and every single month. And that. Allows us to keep the lights on, pay for servers, pay for accounts, and everything that you listen here on the show. And just remember that each and every single week we are live here on TSN Radio and the iHeartRadio Talk apps. You've been listening to Sunday Night's main event powered by TotalsportCards.com. And just remember, stay tranquilo.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
5: Hey, everybody. My name is Jesse Collins, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro-wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro-wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture, and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro-wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro-wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.